Welcome to Caffeinated Living. We are a podcast all about Jesus, ministry, and the things that keep us going. My name is Kyle. And I'm Rob. And we're here, episode 38. Woo, episode 38, we're here. We're here without Dustin again, yeah. but that's okay. It's all right. He'll it's be okay. here. Dustin will eventually be back. I'm telling you, this year has been, has turned extremely busy. Yeah. I think I think our plates, you know, those plates you bring out around Thanksgiving time that have the different slots and they're like as wide as your torso. That's what all of our plates have looked like. Pretty heavy. Before Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah. Before Thanksgiving. Way before, but it's just been a, it's been a heavy few months. So ever since the summer, man. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been one of those things. How do I say this? where it makes sense god has been stretching us yeah. no, no pun intended on what you just said <laughs> but i mean I, th- I think god's been stretching us a little bit bringing the three of us out of our comfort zones a little bit more than what we're yeah. what we like our responsibilities may be added to but also i don't think any of it's bad i just think it's different yeah different yeah adjusting to different schedules yeah yeah adulting some would say pastoring (laughs) that's a better way to look at it (laughs) well i mean okay over the last year dustin's not here to speak for himself we'll we'll lightly throw in a couple things for him okay but speaking for for you for a moment you have probably preached more Mm -hmm. in the last year than, than you have probably preached your whole ministry yeah, it's probably accurate. You know, yeah, if you count Sunday nights too, yeah, it's accurate. Just you being thrown a curveball of that, you know, Dustin's had to preach a lot more than what he has been used to here lately. Right. And, you know, that that wears on you. You know this better than we do, yeah. obviously. Now Dustin's experiencing that, so. Yeah. Have you but, ever listened to that podcast? It's like the the morning after show. Yeah. Yeah, we're recording this on a Monday, and you and I both know this because you and I both preach Sunday. I You can hear, like, the tiredness in my voice. Some of that's a head cold, but, yeah, I, I'm feeling it. You preach Sunday, I preach Sunday, so I think we're both feeling it. We need some caffeine. I need some caffeine. I've had one cup, but I need a little bit more. How long was your message? I don't know. I just know I've ended on time. I don't know. I don't. I don't ever keep track of that. It, and actually, I, when I prepare my messages, I don't even time it. I, I don't time it, but I try to give myself an idea when I'm preaching. Yeah. If I feel like I've been up there forever, I'm like, oh. So how long was your? How do they feel? I think when I went back and looked at it. Yeah. It was roughly. It was a shade under forty minutes. It okay. was like thirty-eight. That's I good. think yeah. if that, if the timing was correct on there. Yeah. That's good. No, but sometimes don't you feel like 38 minutes you're just babbling for like... No, sometimes I get done with it. I'm like, that was faster than I thought it would be. And then I, I look and I'm like, oh, it's time to go. I've, I've been there too. Yeah. So so what did you preach on then? The genealogy of Jesus. It's kind of like what we talked about two weeks ago when I was here. So read through it. <laughs> well, I prefaced it by saying, listen, some of your translations are going to say begot, begat. I'm going to use the CSB, and it says fathered. So that makes it a little bit more bearable, but some of those names, man, I need a, uh, a professor <laughs> to pronounce it before I read it. But, yeah. That's when you 
calling a volunteer to say, hey, would you come and read our scripture this morning for us? Yeah. But I was in Genesis most of the message, and I'm thinking to myself, half these people are like, how are we about to get into a Christmas message? But yeah. What did you preach on? Simeon. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah. So I, mean, I guess it was really different for being, you know, like for our calendar, you think of Advent being third yeah. week of Advent, and you're you're, you're preaching on Simeon as opposed to not the traditional Christmas story, I guess. Yeah. But I like Simeon because basically, in a nutshell, I, I spoke on how Simeon anticipated because the Holy Spirit promised him that he would not die until he saw the Messiah. Yeah. Whereas we're not going to see the baby Jesus, mm. you know, in that sense. But our anticipation is Christ's return. Absolutely. That we should be living every day with yeah. anticipation of that. I hope it was good. I didn't get fired, so that, that, that <laughs> that's, a, that's a good thing. You're still here. <laughs> well, we're, yeah, we're, sure we're here. Awesome. We might get fired from the podcast. I don't know, but we'll see. Yeah. What else have you been into? Not much. We had a – last week was super busy between – Three basketball games, soccer, indoor soccer game. So did you ever play indoor soccer? Yeah, briefly. We we were required to in high school to play in this Hispanic league. Uh, our coach made us play it for training, for conditioning. And it's different, man. Oh, it's a whole nother beast. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's a lot of quickness. Yeah. And like burst of speed, not like endurance. Right. Yeah. Yes. Are you coaching? Assistant. Okay. Assistant coaching. So what um, was the, the score of your last game? The the guy that's actually coaching, um, eighteen year old kid, and he just want, he just wanted to try to get Sweet. some experience coaching. Yeah. So the guy at the place we play, he's like, "Hey Rob, I need somebody to help bring him along a little bit," and I'm like, "And I'm the first person you think of with that? Seriously, like the guy that gets out here and like throws his hat, screams at refs, yells at everything. I said, I'm the first person you think of with that. I'm not sure how that translates, but I, okay. So the score will sound bad, but it really wasn't as bad as the score sounds, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I'm a Bengals fan, so I understand that <laughs> all too well. Well, we lost seven to one. Oh, okay. Seven to one. I mean, that, it, it's not bad in football. Not bad in football. It's actually impossible in football because you can't have no, one point. No, you actually can. You can have one point. Yes, you can. Here's this. I I didn't think so either, but somebody explained this to me. If somebody is kicking an extra point, okay, which is worth one point, that other team can not recover it, but it's like if they catch it and return it, they can get one point. It's weird rule, and the NFL counts it. But yeah, sorry. I guess that's true. But I didn't think... So somebody's a referee and is like, that's wrong. And I'm like, I, that's what I've been told. So it could be wrong, but... Well, okay. No, that may, that I guess... Because you think theory, you that go, makes sense. Because if you if you go for a two-point two conversion, conversion yep. and you intercepted something, yep. or you recovered a fumble and you ran it back, it's, you know, yep. I, I guess in theory it makes sense. But I guess you don't think of a one-point no. conversion touchdown, no. you know? like that's, Yeah. So anyway, yes, I guess we had a football score. We we had a football score, a futsal score, futsal, futsal. Yeah. No, it's just it's a different beast. I th I think it's good. 
from what I've experienced so far, you tell me if I'm wrong, indoor deals a lot more with foot control. Yeah, like, it's all like, about touch. Like, yes. Yeah. Touch, quick passes. Um, my goodness, the team we played, they've had to play together for yeah. a while. And, I mean, they, they were almost – it's 6v6, but their players were positioned perfect. Yeah. I mean, it, it looked like a pinball machine where – their keeper had it, rolls it out, one guy touches it, and before you know it, like, they have two guys down our goal, like, boom, it's there. Yeah. I mean, it's I was It's one like, of those things, man. First of all, being a goalkeeper in indoor is the worst job ever. And I was a goalie, so in the offseason, I'm like, I need to work on some of the skills that I'm terrible at. So I played out, not on the field, I guess the court. Yeah. And it helped me a lot to be able to kind of refine some of that stuff I was janky at so well and that's our our keeper this this season like she is amazing mm. but she plays she plays travel yeah so she's a goalie outside yeah and so i just told her i mean she made some awesome stops i was just like oh my goodness but then some of the shots they had i, I as tall as you are I, I think you had had a hard time just getting to them as fast as i'm telling you those guys were like lightning mm. But I just told her after the game, I was like, look, look at it this way. Everything you're going to experience in indoor, it's just making you better. So when outdoor starts back, you're just going to be that. Yeah. That, how do I say it? You're going to be quicker moving to the ball. Yeah. Your reaction time is going to be, because in my head, obviously never played soccer, but in my head I'm thinking, if I'm a keeper and I'm picking up movement, on a basketball court indoors as fast as they're moving, you're easily going to pick that up outside. Yeah, yeah, it's a hand-eye. But this is it's, another episode of Chronicles with Coach Rob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. you I, Seriously, you, you've you tried. You, that's one thing I respect about you is you will try anything, especially when it comes coaching your daughter and, and trying to mold young minds. So I think that's mm. impressive. So don't – you mm. always talk down on yourself and your skills and not knowing, but it's cool that you're – Yes, but there's a difference. You can train yourself to know the rules and yeah. basic things, but th right. then there becomes a time, I think, when players get older. Yeah. At what point are you hindering them maybe a little bit? Right. You know? No, I don't. And, and, and that will come true yeah. in the spring when it's time for middle school tryouts because, you know, at the Y, we play 7v7. Yeah. Middle school, you play eleven v eleven. You play full field, but the right. field's bigger. It's you got yeah. more, so we'll see. We'll see. But anyway, um, okay. One other thing, and we will move on. This is not just Colin and I sitting here talking about useless information We're for you, up, man. That's why we started this That's, podcast. It Remember? was. It it's was like the roots of this podcast were like we're just going to talk about what we would talk about talk about at lunch. <laughs> so, but I think one thing that. We have been watching lately, at least our, my family, is a, a thing that a lot of people that follow us love. We have some diehard Marvel fans yeah. that follow us. We've done a lot of Marvel drafts in the past. Yeah, Marvel, Star Wars, even stinking Back to the Future, winning trilogy of the whatever that's about. Sci-fi movie. That's, yeah, but it's still not the best trilogy ever. <laughs> that was rigged. But anyway, um, 
just going to ask you real quick. Have you watched any of the Hawkeye yeah. shows so far on Disney Plus? So I went to New York last weekend and I watched all of it on the plane. Okay. Yeah, I caught it. There's only three episodes at that point. Now there's four. I watched the last one. But yeah, it's pretty good. It's uh, for somebody that's growing in favor of Marvel movies. I, I liked it. I liked it. I would probably get a lot of hate for saying this for some of our fans, but this is probably, I think this show has become one of my favorites. Mm. Better than The Mandalorian? Well, no, as far as Marvel. Oh, okay. As far as the Marvel Disney Plus shows. Mine is by far. What do you think? What, the Disney Plus shows? Yeah, yeah, just Marvel. What do you think is my favorite? Oh, you, you, do you, uh, yours is probably, um, Oh my goodness. My mind went blank. <laughs> it's Loki. Yes. I love Loki. That was an incredible. Yeah, no, saying I like Loki. I, I like Loki better than I like One Division. One Division's my it. least favorite. I still haven't watched it. Even though that's my wife's favorite. That or what's the Captain America spinoff thing? Yeah, um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that one. I, I wasn't. Well, here's a question. Okay. We're in the season of Christmas. You know how people say Die Hard's a Christmas movie? <laughs> would 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 um, Hawkeye Hawkeye be considered a Christmas show? Because yes. it's all centered around Christmas. No, it's not. It yes. just has Christmas music for some reason. It, it's it's around Christmas. There's Christmas decorations up. They play Christmas music every episode. Every episode yeah. there's something about Christmas in it. That's true. And I would that's, say it's more of a Christmas show than Die Hard is a Christmas movie. And and that's so far that's the whole basis of the show is that Hawkeye promised his kids he would be there True. for Christmas. True. So he's working his way up to try to get there. So you know? is this going to become a Christmas tradition where you watch this every <laughs> Christmas like you do all these movies? It's a good show. It's, it's a good show. show. It is. I don't know how but, you continue it past one season. Yeah. I mean, that, that would probably be hard. Yeah. And, but that's the beauty of Disney. Yeah. But, this is the last question I have and we can move on. Okay. But the girl that's in that show... Is she a, does she like in the Marvel universe, is she an actual superhero? Or is she gonna become one through this? Yes. Um a lot of characters that you have been introduced to within this like, you know, how Marvel does these different phases. Yeah. So there's to my knowledge, it's what I think they're starting to add up to the young Avengers. Ooh. It's like the new Avengers, Young Avengers. So all this is post finger snap guy. What's it? I'm yes. Everybody's yes. cringing. Thanos. This is post <laughs> Thanos snapping his finger. Okay. Yes. All right. I'm, I'm learning, guys. Which, Don't take me to the slaughterhouse. You know, it's it's interesting. I, I I've enjoyed it. I think I think it's good. It's uh. I didn't think when it first started that Hawkeye could have his own. Hit, carry his own show. Jeremy Renner's pretty good, though. I but, still love his interaction with Scarlett Johansson. I think that's all-time Marvel. Well, and I think with the Avengers movies, yeah, he gets overshadowed so much yeah. that he doesn't have a chance to really shine. Yeah. So here you're kind of seeing a little bit of that. But anyway, that is not what this episode is about today. So we're just, like Kyle said, we're catching up a little bit. Which, real quick, before we do move on. Mm-hmm. Why were you in New York? Uh, we so we 
we go and pass out coats, but that's not the overall reason. We, we basically, we, we've got a church planner partnership up there, and we go and help them. That's one of their big outreaches is passing out coats to homeless and, and people in big housing communities. So every year we go up there and assist in that. And this year was different, man. I don't know if it was COVID or what, but it was just, there was definitely more of a need than there's ever been. So it was, it was a good trip, but it was just, it's always a quick turnaround and then you got to get back to the real world pretty quick. Oh yeah. Cause you're only there a weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and y'all drive up there. Most of the time we drive, but this year I was like, I ain't about that life. So I flew, <laughs> me and two other people, we flew together because we were just like, we did have some people drive, but I said, I'm flying because I need rest. Yeah. I mean, that's what, that's longer than an eight hour drive, right? Oh, easily. It's longer than a Disney drive. It's like 11 hours, 10 hours. Phew. Yeah. I mean, that's. No, thank you. I've done that on a church bus. And I said, that would take you longer. Yeah and you sleep on the floor and like, no, no, thank you. Yeah. Well, I'm getting right. too old for that. Oh, come on now. <laughs> you're, you're, you're not even, but we were up there. That's the cool thing is when we, when you go up there and I think I posted a picture of it, but some of these churches in New York, most of them, interesting fact are being converted into mosques, which is mm. telling of our, our world today. But mm. most of these churches are some of the most, beautifully immaculate like facilities and it's just an the cool thing one of the buildings we met in was supposedly I'm finger quotes here where George Washington was baptized I don't know uh, that's what they claim like I always heard he was baptized in the Potomac River but they claim to baptize George Washington but it's this old old church and it was beautiful uh, church oh. architecture. We could talk about that. Oh, like, yeah. Modern day yeah. churches are awful compared to older churches. Like, oh, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I, I think that's one of the beauties of older church buildings. Yeah. It's just their architecture alone. Giant pipe organs. And yes. Especially on the inside. Yeah. It's, yes, it, it, it is beautiful. I'm going to research that. Yeah. It'd be cool. I, to I don't at. know. I don't know that I believe it, but that's what they claim. I don't know. This First Baptist Church, Manhattan. Oh, now, so, you, now you just called them out. I like. called you out. Like <laughs> you got to stake stake your claim here. I love church history, and I just thought that was interesting. So I mean, yes, even though George Washington being baptized doesn't have anything to do necessarily with church history, but that's still interesting. I'm, I'm going to look that up and get back to you on that next week. Yeah, I'm curious about that. But anyway, okay, so. We, we have caught you all up to date with preaching schedules, sports schedules, movie schedules, mission trips. So this week we are in week three of our Christmas playlist. And today we're just going to kind of break down over these next few minutes. We'll break down that famous Christmas hymn, Oh Holy Night. So me personally, this is one of my favorite hymns. Uh, like this is a Christmas song that I could sing if it wasn't Christmas. Yeah. No I've one's heard here. Of a church doing this outside of Christmas before. Outside of Christmas? Yeah. They, okay. they sang it outside of Christmas. Well, I mean, it's it's a beautiful hymn. I love it. Right. I'm not going to sit here and serenade everybody in here because I don't want to 
hurt your eardrums, but... Hey, with my sinuses right now, I may be able to hit the bass level. Ooh, I'm just kidding. Oh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> that means I would have to try to at least either hit a tenor or I guess I could try to go for the soprano alto part of it. And Ooh, yeah. we, we can just uh, have everybody dislike our podcast all, real quick like that. No. Well, um, hit us with some history of this song because I love the breakdown of where these songs come from. So hit us with some. Yeah, if, you know how you're talking about trying to get through some of those names in the genealogy of Jesus? Yeah. There, there's a few of these names that, yeah, if, if I can get through them. So if I mispronounce these names, don't don't judge us too too badly because you'll understand that I do have a Southern accent and sometimes that translates to, what did he just say? Well, some of these names are French, so. Yes. We. So. Uh, we. <laughs> We are not French experts, but that, that made me laugh. I cracked myself up there. We. Sorry, sorry. No. See, see why I'm a little immature still. It's been a week, people. It's been a week. Just All right. Show us some grace. Speaking of French, dive in here. No. Um, I don't know if you're listening and you know this story. Maybe, you, maybe you're like me. I love history. Yeah. So anytime I, I, I find something out about that, I either fall more in love with it or I'm kind of blown away with it. Like, what? Really? That just happened? Yeah. But researching the song, because I have never really, I've never heard the story behind the song. Mm-mm, me neither. I mean, and so to find the adequate information, you know, so that you're looking, you just don't pull something up on the internet and be like, oh, I want to do the first link I, you know, (laughs) first thing I find. Um, So I have kind of pieced this together to where it fits a lot of different resources that I found. It's good. You're fact checking yourself. Well, and I want to because I don't want to just get on here and share something that's, and, and I'm sure there's something on here that probably I left off, but anyway. So, oh, holy night. Uh, it began in France in 1847 when a priest approached, oh boy, here we go, Placide Capot. I think I'm saying his name right. Capo. <laughs> no, it's, it's Capot, I think. It's like what? Um, oh, but yeah. he, he approached him because he wanted him to write a poem for their Christmas Mass. Interesting. So, yeah, it's interesting right off the bat because we have a priest that's a Approaching this guy that he wants him to write a poem for their for their mass because Capot was not considered a religious man. Oh, okay. So wow. that that's that's interesting. Why would you want somebody? But anyway, that's we're not going. We don't have time to get into that. So he he dwelled on it. He thought on it, and he said yes. He said I'll be glad, more than happy to do that. So he he gets in a stagecoach, and that, that sounds really weird to say that because it's like what a stagecoach, but they didn't have cars back yep. then, you know. So as he was traveling, he, he began to read the Gospel of Luke. Mm. He, he, he looked at Luke's account because he wanted to get the picture of what it would be like of, if he was there himself, mm. witnessing and experiencing the birth of Jesus. So thoughts of being present on that night, it kind of inspired him. And so by the time that he arrived in Paris— he had completed, again, I apologize, the Cantique de Noël. You nailed that. So, at least for us, we nailed it. 
Um, now, this is the interesting thing about Capote, that he was so fascinated by his work that he wanted to put it to music. Mm. So I, I don't know if that was like, hey, look at me, I wrote this famous yeah. poem, so that needs to be mute. I don't know. But he wasn't musically inclined, so he sought out one of his friends who was a composer. Um, excuse me. So he finds, he finds his friend, he's this composer, and his name is... Adolf Adolphe Adams. Adam. I say Adams, but a couple of the places I was reading it says Adam. Oh, okay. But I'm like, there's an S on there, so. Well, if they're French, maybe. Well, so, but he wasn't French. He's a Jewish composer. Huh. Okay. So, again, this is interesting. It is. We have a priest, a priest to a who's, non-believer. who's going to a non believer to ask him to write a poem. For their, for their Christmas Eve Mass. Now, this guy is going to a Jewish believer who told him that he didn't believe that Jesus was the Son of God. Right. Yeah. So he's like, why would I do this? But but he, he, you know, he decided that he would compose the music for it. And three weeks later, at their midnight Mass, they were able to sing the Critique de Noel, or Cantique de Noel, that quickly became accepted by the French church. Yeah. Um, it found its way into many Christmas services from there on out. Um, unfortunately, word got out that Capot had left the church because he, he wasn't really a full-time believer of what, what we would say. Yeah. Um, but then he goes and joins a socialist movement. Nice. I guess that's reason for, like, should we really sing this song? So, anyway... He joins the socialist movement, but then they discover that the guy who wrote the music for it was Jewish. He was, you know, Jewish. So the French church quickly banned this song from any of their services. Hmm. So it was like what we would call canceled today. Like they, <laughs> they canceled the Oh Holy Night. Okay. Yeah. What, what would that be? Uh cancel culture in 1847 yeah yeah i mean so how did we get the song then okay a decade later the song made its way to america by a pastor by the name of john dwight Mm. uh not only was he a pastor but history tells us that he was an avid abolitionist Mm. If you don't know what that means, you have to go look it up because we ain't got time to explain all that on they here. strongly disagree with slavery. Yes. Yeah. In, in, in a nutshell, yes. Yeah. So it was interesting that he was so moved by this song that he felt like America needed to hear it. Yeah. So he, I about said composed, he translated the song from French to English hmm. so that we could have it here in America one of the problems, though, is that he was moved by something other than the story of the birth of Christ in the song. Being that avid abolitionist that he was, he, he strongly identified with the lines of the third verse, which says, Truly he taught us to love one another, his law is love, and his gospel is peace. Chains shall he break, for the slave is our brother, and in his name, oppression shall cease. Hmm. 
And it was this verse that he really felt supported his view against slavery in the South. Okay. And so he published this in his magazine. and Which those are powerful words, man. They are. They are. And yes, under sin, I'm a slave. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I understand. Well, the idea, the, not the idea, the, the whole reason and the need of a Messiah was to become ruler who would uh, restore right. Israel who was in captivity and slavery. And yeah, so I mean, all that comes full circle through Jesus. And Paul even calls himself a slave to Christ. Right. Yeah. What is it? Doulas. Yeah. You know, so... But I think his idea was to fit an agenda more than right. Yeah, that's a good way to say it. Yeah, you know, like in our in our culture, our world today, it would be fit. He was trying to fit an agenda, which, regardless of any spiritual thing here for a minute, I will firmly say all slavery is wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Like that that is wrong. But anyway, we, we don't have time to go there. So the North quickly adopted this song. Okay. Obviously because the North was opposing the South. Right. You know? Now, back in France, okay, so you have the Civil War, 1861 to 1864, going on here in America. Mm-hmm. So now back in France the song is still continuing to gain popularity because even though it's still banned by the church, the people are still singing the song because it meant so much to them. They loved it so much. Mm. Now, legend has it that on Christmas Eve, 1871, and and this is awesome. I love this. I don't know if it's true or not, but this is just awesome, the sight of this. In the midst of a fierce fighting between the French and German armies. It was known as the Franco-Prussian War. It is said that a French soldier jumped out of his trenches and began singing Cantique de Noël. Wow. And so could you imagine, like, here, here are these two armies going at each other, and this guy just pops up out of the trenches, drops his weapons, and begin singing this carol. Wow. Like, yeah. The, the thought of that in my mind is one that, that, that's pretty brave, but that's also pretty powerful because if legend holds true, it's that both sides cease fighting, and then there was a German soldier who comes out of his trench, drops his weapon, and then he begins singing Martin Luther's from heaven above to earth I come. Man, that's goosebumps worthy. Yeah. Well, and so the legend is that has they stopped fighting, like they, they stopped this fighting was on for Christmas twi- Eve. Christmas Eve. So they stopped fighting for 24 hours so that both sides could celebrate Christmas Day. Wow. I mean, that that's pretty amazing to me. That, that is really cool. Like, yeah. you. You can't tell me that that couldn't have happened outside of, of God's power. Mm. That That is amazing that you, you stop this whole war that's been going on. From the lyrics of a song. From the lyrics of a song. But I think it's pretty cool that it shows how special and how respectful both sides were. Mm. I mean, that... that that, that's like movie worthy right there. I need to go there. back into war after that. Though. I know, right? Like, 
How do people's who, who mindsets want, change? Like, who wants to be the first one to take a shot? Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't it's know. Like, oh man. But yeah. real quick, uh, let let me finish up because this is where the story really gets interesting. Okay. Okay. So, nineteen oh six. So what what year did I say? Eighteen seventy one. So now we jump nineteen oh six. A thirty three year old professor named Reginald. Fezenden nailed it. <laughs> did did the impossible. He did something that nobody else would have ever thought was going to happen. Uh, he had developed a new type of generator. Okay. So as he was using this, he began to speak into a microphone, and for the first time in history, a man's voice was broadcast over the airwaves. Mm-hmm. Now, what was so special about this? People own ships that were transmitting by radio all of a sudden heard this man's voice coming through their tiny little speakers. Now, is this what country? Is this America? Or? Yes, this, this, this is in America. Oh, okay. So that's what's so kind of cool about that, that, and somehow Reginald, he was an assistant to Thomas Edison. Wow. So... That kind that would, of that would check that, out. That makes sense. That that tells you his creativity right yeah, there of yeah. dealing with the generator. So, but I think it's what's amazing about this part is he tested it out by quoting Luke's gospel, and he said, "And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed." And so he he, he was telling the Christmas story through Luke. So, I mean, imagine you're on a boat. All of a sudden, you start hearing through these speakers, this guy talking to you. You're like, where's this coming from? What's going on? Like, he had no clue how far he was reaching. That's what I think is so awesome about this. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm stressing saying his name. Fessenden had no idea, sitting in his tiny little room, how far he was transmitting. Yeah. But then, after he finishes reciting the birth of Christ, he picks up his violin and he plays O Holy Night. So he has no idea how many people are listening. Right, right. Cool. And what was so special about this, okay, so he's the first guy to have his voice across the airwaves. Yeah. Well, now, O Holy Night becomes the first song broadcast over airways. Wow. Yeah. So you go all the way back since O Holy Night or what was first sung in this small Christmas mass in 1847. Think of how many times since that moment this song has been sung Hmm. in churches. Yeah. Think how many churches, how many families sing this song at Christmas Eve. So, I mean, it just, it blows my mind as I was sitting here researching all of this. Yeah. That it started with a priest going to a non-believer, then a non-believer going to a Jewish man who boldly claimed that Christ was not the Son of God. Hmm. But then to go to an American pastor who 
right or wrong, he, he still translated the song from French to English. Mm-hmm. But then to have it go to this professor who broadcast this song out to, I mean, it, we, don't, we don't know, but I mean, yeah. 50, 100, 200, yeah. 300 people that heard this. To be, it's sung on battlefields. Yes. I mean, I mean it, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. And slaves could resonate with it. I mean, yeah, this is wow, this is an interesting story. It is. And I and I guess the, Out of the ones that we've shared so far, this is by far the most interesting. And, and and I guess what I'm trying to wrap my brain around. We we could get into, you know, you said it earlier, we could get into this whole idea, well, we need to cancel this song, you know, this and this and it well, it's not a true Yeah. God inspired Christian song. Right. Well, I would disagree with that because it's only through the power of God that he can take something written by sinful man right. to draw himself draw others to himself. Yeah. Outside of scripture. Right. Outside of scripture. And I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just like But you said scripture was the basis of what this song was based off of, right? Even though it was from a non- believer it was based off of luke's gospel like yeah i mean that is an interesting way to think about having this conversation and and we could go full scale with all these different things in our world today right is is because of the origins or where or who writes or brings us these things as christians do we accept it all just because of the storyline you know or is it a deeper issue yeah and I, I guess that's why I've really enjoyed putting some of these stories together because, I mean, how many times? I mean, I, I've been a Christian for majority of my life. Right. And sadly, I've been a Christian longer than you've been alive. That's really depressing <laughs> to think about. But anyway, um, actually, it's not depressing to think about. It, it, that, that's, that, that's a joy. But how many times do we sing these songs and we may not really know anything about them yeah. other than what the words that are on the page. I'm, I I could be wrong here, right? But I believe that I'm thankful for this, that God can redeem any sin, right? Oh, sure. God can redeem any sin sinner. I just did a message on the lineage of Jesus, and we talked about this two weeks ago. The people that are met, mentioned there, man, mm-hmm. God has redeemed them. And he's redeemed us through the blood of Jesus. And I'm thankful for that. But it is it it is one of those conversations that's worth having because and this is the problem with music and movies and all of it. Who makes them men? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, or women. But I mean, we are all sinful. We are sinners in nature. And that's the issue with all of it, you know, unless it is. You know, God's word, unless it is given directly from the Lord, it, it's all going to be flawed in a, in a way, you know, that's, but it is a difficult conversation to have. It is. and But I do think it's important, like you said, to kind of break down where it comes from. I mean, some of the hymns we talked about before we hit record on this is like, uh, oh, Gosh, I can't even think. Come thou found of every blessing. The guy that writes that, what's ironic about that, prone to wonder, he writes that line. Well, he ended up falling away from the faith. Yep. You know, another one of my favorite hymns, It Is Well With My Soul. Right. 
uh, Horatio Spafford. Um, Amazing song, great testimony, amazing story, but it has this theology that goes so far down a rabbit trail. You're like, what? So at what point do we draw the line as Christians? Well, and I, this could yeah, be a whole that, other that, that could be that could be a whole other episode. Maybe maybe we could do that episode for you, like you know, twenty twenty one when it or twenty. This is twenty twenty one for the love. Yeah, this year. <laughs> My goodness, as we look forward to twenty twenty two, man, that's really weird to say too. I mean that that could be that could be a show we could do. You know that that would be interesting. Yeah. But I think specifically when it comes to Oh Holy Night. Now that I know the history of the song, right. I saw how God's power has just made this song to what it is. Yeah. I, I think me personally, I, I could sing this song with a little bit more expectancy in my voice now. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been my favorite Christmas carol, and it'll still be my favorite. But now seeing how God has used this, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's powerful. and Only God could do that. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, only God could do that to the degree that it, the order it went in. Yeah. And I mean, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. I, I can't even begin to wrap my head around that. And that just shows me. For anybody to sit here and say that there is no God, yeah. my heart breaks. Right. Because there's no way that you could say, well, it just happened that way. Yeah. No. There's no way 1847, an unbeliever decided to write a, a poem that ended up in. America's during the Civil War that made it into the 20th century. Yeah. I, 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 st- I can't wrap my head around it. Mm-hmm. I could ramble on about that for about another three minutes. I know I could, but... Yeah. I, I, I've got I, a lot of thoughts in my head. I think we, this is definitely <laughs> something we need to have an episode on. You know? so. and, and research that a little bit better. Yeah. Which, speaking of, that since next week is Christmas week... Can y'all believe that? Is it next, really? Next week is Christmas week. Yeah, because this Sunday is the 19th. Wow. So next Monday will be the 20th. Man. So that will be Christmas week. I can't believe that. Uh, but that's why I've saved this carol until then. Uh, and actually, I might break it down into two. Okay. So in our show notes, I'll put just this one, but go with me for a second. All right. So we're going we're going to look at the hymn, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. Hmm. Okay, we're going to look at that one. But looking, knowing I heard the bells on Christmas Day, I think it's also appropriate that maybe we just look a little bit at Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Yeah, that'd be good. Because there's a reason why the angels were singing Mm. on that particular day. Right. You know? Anyway, you got any closing thoughts? I'm getting excited for Christmas. Relating to or non-relating to to our our story today? No, I'm learning a lot. I I enjoy this a little. I don't know where we're going to go after Christmas, but this is uh, 
this is enjoyable. At least if there's nobody else listening, all right, and I hope there are, I hope you're leaving us a review on iTunes or Spotify or whatever you're listening to this, but I have enjoyed this. So thank you. So funny story real quick. You say that. My sermon on Sunday, because since I was talking about Simeon, the reason that I got this idea to preach on Simeon was because of preparing for last week's show when I talked about what child is this. Mm. Okay. So as I was reading Simeon, and it says there in Luke that when when he's holding the baby Jesus, he says, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Yeah. In my head, and, and this isn't scriptural, okay, people, this is what I said, this is in my head. When I read that, I automatically thought, man, Mary must have pondered, what child is this? Yeah. The shepherds, when the angels appear to them and the shepherds go and see this child, they had to think to themselves, what child is this? Mm -hmm. Simeon, even though he didn't know what it would look like that he would see the Messiah before he died, he didn't know it was going to be a baby. He didn't know if it was going to be a man. Right. He just knew that the Holy Spirit promised him he would see it. Yeah. So he's holding this baby. He's like, what child is this? And I was like, man, that's exactly. So I ended up using a lot of my notes from our show in into my sermon. It, it, it really worked out. I mean, it was really a godsend. But yes, I do hope that you guys have been enjoying these. Yeah. I've had fun putting them together, just researching a little bit and looking through all these different things. But I am excited about next week because it's Christmas. Woohoo! Yeah. Well, not officially Christmas, but Christmas week. You go, you know what we're saying. Yeah. Hey, I have a prayer request. This is weird. We've never done this before. But if you're listening to this or you just, you, Rob, um, this is another example of only God, right? So last week we got to share with one of our local schools, and it's an alternate school, and I'm not going to say the name of it. But I had a young man come up to me after I shared a devotional, and he had been talking with his teachers, public school teachers, about Jesus. And his teachers basically helped lead him to Christ, and he professes faith in Jesus. And he comes up to me, and his name is Alejandro. So mm-hmm. if, if you will be praying for him, but the cool story about that, I'm trying not to cry as I say this, but um, he, he came up to me and said, I want to be baptized. And I said, we can make that happen. Like mm-hmm. we can make that happen, but what's amazing and what I'm kind of nervous about, he his family comes in the week of Christmas, so they're coming in next week, and then he goes back to Wilmington, New Year. Um, he said, "I want to be baptized while they're here, but I want to be baptized in mountain water." <laughs> <laughs> so it looks like I'm getting in a creek <laughs> next week to baptize this young man. But be praying for Alejandro; his testimony is incredible, but. I just pray that the Lord uses him, and uh, yeah, so it's just, it's a cool story, but that's an old, another example of only God. Hmm, that's cool. Yes, uh, not just pray for him, but also pray that he doesn't get who knows what kind of diseases from being dunked hey, in might, creek water, because... Listen, it'll be it's, cold, so... It'll oh, be, it's, it's going to be cold. But his family is not believers, so hmm. that's going to be cool. Yep. Awesome time for... A great testimony there. Yeah. yeah. To, that goes for everybody. This is perhaps the easiest time of year to share the Lord, share who Jesus is. So I challenge everyone to do that. Not just if you're a pastor, but anyone. Just Yeah. I mean, you love giving gifts, you love receiving gifts. Why not tell everybody about the greatest gift ever? That's right. That's you know. 
good show. So thank yeah. you guys for listening. Thank you for letting us be a part of your ear again this week. So you like that, don't you? It's a tagline. Yep. All right, guys. Have a great week. Thank you for listening. We look forward to seeing you next week. So until next week. Keep it caffeinated, friends.